I do not come from a sports family. I had no interest and actively hated and still hate physical activity. My mother climbed our cherry trees to get to the best fruits, but that's about it. My father, the stereotypical member of the family to love sports, had even less interest than myself. My sister was the closest to a sports fan, and by sports I mean sports entertainment. She even wanted to be a wrestler when she grew up. She's a stand-up comedian, so she just made a lateral move. Luckily for me, because my family doesn't care much for sports or forcing children into activities, I never joined a little league team. My parents never made my sister or me join anything, and for that, I am grateful. Christy starts a little league team in Christy and the Walking Disaster, and this book dives into a world I never experienced. It also affirms why I don't like sports, so this book is both an exploration and an affirmation. It's like a self-help book for people who don't like sports, but like scholastic book fairs. This is Rereading My Childhood, The Babysitter's Club number 20, Christy and the Walking Disaster. The book starts with a BSC meeting and the usual description of each and every BSC member. Christy even tells the reader, I am the president, and I must look like I mean business. After four years of the indignity of the <clears throat> crime family, I don't think that's true anymore. We get our lengthy explanation on club proceedings, kid kits, and the BSC notebook. All standard opening chapter stuff. Finally, the BSC starts their meeting, and they get a call from the Radowski family. Christy takes the job while calling Jackie a, quote, walking disaster. Honestly, it's a bit harsh. And even if the kid is accident-prone, he's still one of the more interesting kids in Stony Brook. That Saturday, Christy is watching a few of the neighborhood kids play softball. Hanny really couldn't hit. She never connected with the ball. Max dropped or missed every ball he tried to catch. David Michael was simply a klutz. He tripped over his feet, the bat, even the ball, and no matter how he concentrated, he somehow never did anything right except pitch. Karen wasn't a bad hitter, and Andrew might have been a good catcher if he weren't so little, but he's only four, so balls went sailing over him right and left, even when he stretched for them. Amanda and Linny were no better than the others. How dare these kids play softball if they're so terrible? Who cares if they're four? When Joe DiMaggio was four, he had two World Series wins and had married and divorced Marilyn Monroe. She gathers up the kids and gives them some pointers because these kids will never get to Koshien if they don't get their shit together. Some of the kids express an interest in joining a team and David Michael informs Christy of a kid in the neighborhood named Bart Taylor who coaches Bart's Bashers. For those of you familiar with the BSC, that name should ring a bell. Anyway, Christy goes to talk to Bart Taylor and she freaks. Why did I feel so nervous? I've talked to boys before. I've been to dances with boys. I've been to parties with boys. But none of them looked at me the way Bart was looking at me just then. As if standing on the sidewalk was a glamorous movie star instead of plain old me, Christy Thomas. And, to be honest, none of them had been quite as cute as Bart. They didn't have his crooked smile or his deep, deep brown eyes or his even, straight, perfect nose, or his hair that looked like it might have been styled at one of those hair places for guys. Or not. I think it's a good sign if you can't tell. Do you mean a barbershop, Christy? Since this is the 8th grade, I'm assuming she means fantastic Sam's. Anyway, she tries to get six kids on Bart's team, but he won't because he can't handle that many kids. It will become apparent that he can't even handle the kids he currently has, but for right now, Christy walks away, having made two decisions. She's going to start a softball team, and she has a crush on Bart Taylor. So Marianne babysits for the Perkinsons, and Jamie Noon and Nina Marshall show up. Gabber sells Jamie $400 water. They also end up playing softball outside because the kids in Stony Brook are psychically linked, and Mariah knows a lot about playing. 
Marianne tells her about Christy's softball team, making Mariah the first competent player on the team. Christy sits for the Radowskis. Jackie drops pink lemonade while they are preparing for a birthday party for the dog. Jackie's older brothers are in Little League and that prompts them to play softball. His older brothers chastise Jackie for not playing perfectly. Even Christy thinks about how Jackie is a worse player than David Michael. However, even though she's awfully judgmental about a seven-year-old's sports capabilities, Christy still invites him to join her softball team, because otherwise, we wouldn't have a title. Later that night, Christy receives a bunch of phone calls about her team, mostly kids asking to join. Christy ends with a list of 20 kids, their ages, and their problems, which range from Gabby Perkins' two-and-a-half doesn't understand the game yet, to Mariah Perkins' five- probably just needs work, and David Michael Thomas, seven, a klutz. There are even a few kids Christy hasn't met yet, the Coons. That's the suburbs for you, just kids and softball teams sprouting like spirit Halloween stores in abandoned circuit cities in October. Watson and Christy determine that the team is meant to, quote, coach kids who want to improve their playing skills, but more importantly, just to have fun. Christy also wonders if Bart thinks she's cute. In fact, she writes it down on her list of considerations for the team. On the first day of practice, all 20 kids show up. Christy is going to coach them for a while, and then they'll play a short game. She also reminds everyone that Matt Braddock is a fantastic player, but he's deaf, so the kids can't just yell stuff at him. Before they finally play a game, Mallory, who is there with Don and some other parents for moral support, suggests they come up with a name, and Jackie yells, How about Christy's Crushers? And we could spell crushers with a K, added Margot Pike. You know, to go with Christy. Christy's crushers. No, cried Karen. That's wrong. That's not how you spell crushers. You spell crushers with a C. Karen takes her spelling very seriously. But she was voted down. Every other kid liked Christy's crushers with a K. Damn it, Karen. Line up. It's a softball team, not a United Nations treaty. As long as it's not Christy's cool crushers, I'm sure it's fine. Also, Google thinks it should be Christy's crushers also. At the end of their first game, Linny calls Christy coach, giving Christy a confidence boost, and she declares the practice a complete success. While Claudia and Mallory are sitting for the Pikes, the triplets, who are in Little League, propose a game between the Little Leaguers and the Crushers. Matt Braddock is also there, so he is on the Crushers' side. Matt is very good, as expected, and Nikki has a surprisingly sweet moment with his little sister wherein he encourages her like a proper teammate. In the end, the triplets win, of course, but the crushers never give up, and the triplets congratulate them on the game graciously. At the next practice, there's a bunch of baseball stuff. Claire sings, I'm a little teapot, Jackie trips over his feet, David Michael signs monkey to Matt, and he is confused. Finally, Buddy Barrett pitches to Jackie, and the ball goes right into Jackie's mouth. Claudia pulls out a tooth, and Jackie exclaims, I just love losing teeth. Christy calls for the end of practice. After dinner, Christy goes to walk Shannon, the dog, not the sitter, and finds Bart and his Rottweiler. They walk their dogs together and we have our main conflict of the book. Hey, said Bart, I've got an idea. Just to show you that I think your team is as good as mine, even if the kids are younger, how about a game? Bart's bashers challenge Christy's crushers. A game? A real game? Against Bart's team? I don't know if the crushers are ready for something like that, but I wasn't about to say no. I couldn't let Bart think I was afraid of his team. Besides, if we set up a game, I'd be sure to see him again, soon. Sure, I replied, how about two weeks from Saturday? Is that enough time for the bashers to get ready? Of course, but what about the crushers? Oh, they'll be ready. I grinned at Bart, and he grinned back. How do these teams always find time to challenge other random teams? 
I never want to hear another parent say their kid is too busy with sports again. If they have enough time to challenge five-year-olds to games, they have enough time to finish their one-page report on Taft. At the next practice, the team shows up in Christie's Crusher's jerseys. Everyone except Karen, of course, who is the wettest of wet blankets, and her jersey says Christie's Crusher's with a C. We get it, Karen. You're not fun. The team gets excited when Christy tells them about the impending game with the Bashers. Haley and Vanessa volunteer for cheerleading duty, with Charlotte coordinating, and the team plans to sell refreshments at the game. But before they play the game, they have to practice. This time, Christy keeps the kids in one position instead of having them switch around. The practice is going pretty good until Jackie hits a ball through Stony Brook Elementary School window. The practice is over, and the Radowskis have to pay for a new window. Bart and a few of the Bashers show up to their next practice to scope out the competition. The Bashers make fun of the Crushers. The little jerks fat shame Jake Kuhn, call Gabby a baby, and call Jackie Pigpen from Peanuts. The absolute worst thing they do is call Matt dumb because he's deaf. Christy says she doesn't think Bart can hear his team's derogatory comments. What the hell, Bart? Get control of your team. What kind of environment are you cultivating wherein your team thinks it's acceptable to say these toxic things? I don't care if Bart couldn't hear them. David Michael wouldn't make fun of a kid in a wheelchair even if Christy couldn't hear him. Luckily, even if Bart wasn't there to get control, Haley is not putting up with bullshit. Haley charged over to the basher who had just insulted her brother. She stood inside the catcher's cage, nose to nose with the boy on the other side of the wire fence. That dummy, she said with clenched teeth, is my brother, and if you call him a dummy one more time, I will personally rearrange your face. The kid just stared at Haley, but she stared back until she'd stared him down. Well, I'm glad someone has a sense of decency. On the day of the big game, Christy runs into a snag. Their best player and pitcher, Nikki, is sick and can't play. Dave and Michael will be taking over pitching duties. The game is pretty chaotic. Matt hits a home run. The Bashers cheerleaders chant strikeout as Margot Pike steps up. Vanessa and Haley cheer louder for Margot. And in a surprise move, the Pike triplets, who showed up dressed in their Little League uniforms, join Vanessa and Haley to drown out the Basher cheerleaders. Jackie accidentally throws his bat twists his ankle, and Christy calls a timeout. Jackie, I said, I'm putting you back in the game. Jackie snapped to attention. But, but I can't play, coach, he exclaimed. I hurt my ankle. And he began rubbing his right ankle. When you fell, you hurt your other ankle, I pointed out. Oops. Jackie, I know you're embarrassed. I also know you're a good player. And right now, we need you at first base. It's either you or Jamie Newton. And you know what'll happen if the ball comes toward Jamie. Whoa. Slam on Cheney, a four-year-old. Jackie gets back in the game. Matt hits a home run. Charlotte Johansson cheers even though she is incredibly shy. Hanny Papadakis hits a home run. Everyone is taking off their hats under the blistering sun. In the end, the Bashers win because they're 11-year-olds playing against four-year-olds, but the score is 16-11, to which seems like a high-scoring game. We still have one more side plot to resolve, Bart and Christy. Does he apologize for his team's behavior? No, he does not. He does pull Christy out of the way of a zoomy car, so that's something. And for reasons I don't understand, Christy asks for a rematch. This is the introduction of Bart as Christy's primary love interest in the series, and just like Logan, I was thoroughly disappointed. Bart is passive while his team demeans younger children, and he doesn't apologize for their behavior after the game. But I guess Christy is only 12 and she hasn't experienced how trash dudes can be. While this book did show me, in interminable detail, 
a few play-by-plays of several softball practices in one game, I still lack interest in sports and its appeal is still inconceivable to me. The extreme competition and hostility, for no reason, paired with the pep talks and time commitment, have just reiterated why I have no interest in sports or group activities. My sister is correct when it comes to sport. At least professional wrestling has storylines and plot twists.